Hello, I'm Jahan Colbreth, and welcome to Chia's podcast series on accreditation from the perspective of creditors. In this series, members of the Chia Accreditation Advisory Committee will discuss issues of importance to accrediting organizations and accredited colleges and universities. These presentations are in their own words and reflect the accreditors' views. And now, Bell Whelan, the president of the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools Commission on Colleges, SACS COC. Most of our member institutions are located in 11 states across the southern part of the United States, though like many of the other accrediting organizations, we do have members in other countries. Irrespective of the accrediting body to which your institution belongs, periodically you will have to prepare for a visit from a committee of your peers as a part of the reaffirmation of accreditation process. For our members, it's once every 10 years. For others of you, it might be less. In any case, you likely will experience some angst in preparing for that visit. On this podcast, I want to share some key elements for you to consider when preparing for that visit that will make your life and the life of those of the visiting committee easier. These tips are based upon the assumption that your institution will be hosting one or more committee members on site at your institution. However, it is possible that accommodations may need to be made for some committee members or perhaps even the entire committee to be hosted virtually. In the event that a virtual visit is conducted, the accrediting agency will be required to send someone in person to the institution to verify the findings of the virtual committee's work at a later time. First of all, make sure you know who the staff person is at the accrediting organization that is assigned to work with your institution in preparing for the visit. That will be the person who will get you through this process, so make friends with them quickly. Don't feel badly calling or emailing for information or support. That's what they're there for. Secondly, check the agency's website for helpful information and sample documents that might be there to help make the visit run smoothly. For example, on the SACCOC website, we have a document entitled Logistics of Committee Visits that was developed specifically for persons responsible for getting committee members to and from the airport, providing meals during the committee visit, and handling adult beverages and gifts to committee members. Other accreditors have similar documents on their websites, so make sure you look for them. Different institutional policies drive all these items. For example, institutions with their own fleet of vehicles might direct committee members to provide arrival information so that the institution can provide transportation. Others might have a contract with a local transportation company that will handle the travel. Still others might suggest that the committee member arrange their own transportation and then reimburse them for the cost. When identifying the best option, you might want to consider transportation as your first opportunity to formally welcome committee members, meet a representative from your campus, and introduce them to your institution. If you're using a large capacity vehicle, keep in mind that committee members will be traveling in professional dress. Climbing into the back of a van or uh, up high steps from the curb can be challenging. If such vehicles are your best option, consider providing a stable, portable step for van entry and ample space for passengers carrying laptops, briefcases, and handbags. If meeting committee members at the airport, it's especially helpful to provide the name, photo, and cell phone number of the individual who will be meeting them, along with the location where they'll be waiting. It can be helpful to provide each committee member with a welcome packet of information. This packet may include a name tag for use during the visit, contact information for key individuals at the institution, such as the primary contacts for questions about scheduling, transportation, technology support, or interview and document request, 
a view book or other institutional promotional documents, fact sheets regarding each institutional site to be visited, including information such as official name, address, enrollment, programs offered, physical facility staffing and services, committee member schedules, instructions for accessing Wi-Fi, including usernames and passwords at the hotel and on campus and so forth. When planning committee meals, there's several items to consider in selecting a restaurant. Although you want for the committee to experience a taste of your local community, it's also important to consider the efficiency of service because committee members may have work to complete in the evening, extended meals over hours may be a problem. If someone on the committee has dietary restrictions, providing access to restaurant menus in advance can be helpful to facilitate service. In addition, because committee members may not have worked together before, it's helpful if the restaurant atmosphere supports conversation. Although private rooms are not required, noisy and bustling large dining rooms can make conversations difficult. If meals are arranged for the committee at a local restaurant, you might arrange ahead of time for the bill to be sent directly to your institution. Ask the staff person working with the committee to pay the bill uh, uh, and then reimburse them. Or you might also need to arrange a separate bill for adult beverages or let the committee members know that they will be responsible for paying for their own adult beverages. Letting the committee know before they get there will alleviate any embarrassment at dinner. I know you're each very proud of your institution and that you want the committee to leave with some remembrance of their visit, but keep in mind that you're not recruiting them, so don't try to load them down with tons of goodies. We suggest to our institution that they spend no more than $50 per committee member uh, and that they provide things that can easily pack in a carry-on suitcase. Mugs or cups, t-shirts, notepads, and the like are good things to give. Placing reasonable limits on these items also removes any perception of undue influence and unease among committee members who are charged with evaluating your institution's compliance with accreditation standards. Since the committee members often work after dinner, you might want to provide extra water and healthy snacks for them in their room. Or if you have a workroom for them at their hotel, you might put those items there along with coffee and tea and other soft drinks. We often encourage institutions to consider individually wrapped food items and single service coffee makers to avoid food waste during the visit. If you provide a private room, at the hotel on campus for the committee to work, it's helpful to ensure that committee members have ample workspace for review materials, laptop computers, and other items. In addition, post-COVID, committee members will be familiar with remote working environments and have technology to support that work. Because committee members may travel with multiple devices, it's also important to ensure ample access to power outlets. If power is provided from the perimeter of the room, also be certain to secure wiring so that you avoid accidents uh, along the way. Often committees will require access to the workroom late into the evening. Typically, advanced arrangements will need to be made with the hotel to ensure that the committee can access these conference rooms during off hours. Wireless internet access also must be available, both in individual hotel rooms as well as in the workroom. This workroom also should be appropriately supplied with typical office supply items and basic office equipment like computers, printers, shredders to support the committee work. In addition, access to these rooms should be limited so that the committee is able to work free from distraction and in confidence. SACCOC tries to provide opportunities for an observer to accompany visiting committees so they can learn from committee activities and from the review process experience of persons at the host institution. That participation must be approved by the host institution 
and the observer must pay for their own expenses, though the host institution will normally include the hotel reservation in the number of rooms they reserve. Another document SACCOC provides is the information outline for a committee visit, which is completed by the institutional accreditation liaison and commissioned staff member and shared with committee members prior to the visit. It includes the name of the institution, the name, email, and phone numbers of the CEO and contact person for logistics, the name of the airport closest to the institution, arrival and departure information for transportation purposes, the name and location of the hotel, requests for any dietary restrictions, and information regarding the day and time of the organizational meeting of the committee and the exit conference with the institution. Probably the most difficult part of the entire visit will be preparing and managing the schedule of institutional personnel with whom the committee members want to meet. Based upon the standards under review, you should be able to generate a tentative list of interviews that can be refined through feedback from the committee chair. Tentative schedules should be finalized prior to the visit with the committee chair. Having said that, be prepared to make changes during the visit as the committee members decide who they need to meet and with whom they don't. Just remind your colleagues that the most important thing for them to do is to remain flexible and responsive because this will ensure that the committee is able to confirm compliance and complete its work. Interviews are scheduled to assist the committee in understanding your institution and clarifying your institution's case for compliance. Their conversations are an important part of the process and help committee members to prepare an accurate report to document how your institution meets or does not meet the expectations established in the standards of your organization. Neither committee members nor interviews with institutional representatives may be recorded. Although SACCOC provides an opportunity for institutions to correct errors of fact in committee reports, the changes that they may be made are limited and may not change the analysis of the peer review committee. Following the committee visit, our accrediting agency does not permit the institution to have ongoing conversation or consultation between the institution and committee members to discuss the outcome of the review until the board has taken action. This is also probably true for all of the accrediting bodies. Such conversations to clarify the committee's report are directed only to agency staff. This limitation protects the integrity of the peer review process and supports consistency in review across institutions. I hope that these tips have helped alleviate some of your concerns. Remember, your best friend during this process is the staff person at your accrediting agency. Meet that person early, and if necessary, call upon him or her often. Best of luck with your visit. Thank you for this thoughtful presentation. And we thank the members of the CHIA Accreditation Advisory Committee for their participation in the podcast series and their support for CHIA. Look for another in CHIA podcast series soon. These podcasts are another way CHIA informs members and the accreditation community.